0: Hey guys, so uh, before we start this week's show, just want to say um, the audio quality on my end is pretty rough. Um, I was recording using a. Uh Cheap tablet essentially, which I won't be doing again. Um, so apologies for that. Also, I cut out about 15 minutes or so where we talked about uh Trump, uh, because you don't need to hear us talk about that stuff, you're not here for that. Um, and hasn't everybody got an opinion on it anyway? You don't need to hear ours, so um. It's, it's, apart from a bit of a start about my new car, it's a very, very film-focused show, and fuck, that's what we're here for. Anyway, enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 185 of Dude and a Monkey. My name is Ian Loring and as always, I am joined by...
1: Matt Foster. Hello, everybody.
0: Yes, hello, Mark. And uh, today, um, so we had several weeks of double reviews and then we did a single review last week so to make up for that we've got a triple review for you this week (laughs) we do yes we're we're trying to keep up the average by the sounds of it so um, (laughs) not only are we reviewing Denis Villeneuve's uh, hotly anticipated Arrival um, but we're also going to have a look at the new Netflix film Kevin James's Memoirs True Memoirs of an International Assassin um, which is directed by the guy who directed Kick Ass Two, which I did not know until watching the film. Um, and uh, also, we're going to be covering the Oasis documentary Supersonic, which recently came out on Blu-ray and DVD after a very short theatrical run, like a one night, I think. Um, Mark, how are you doing? I'm
1: not too bad, yes. How are you? How are you? Yeah,
0: all right, all right. Yeah, picking up the electric car tomorrow. We're doing it. Um, <laughs> cool, that's very nice. It, it, yeah, it's exciting. Um, I've got a new job tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Bloody hell, brand ambassador, man.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a, I have a hundred and sixty-mile t- uh, trip for the next four days um, to go and do my induction. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing is, it's It's only an hour and like twenty-five minutes there, and then an hour and twenty-five minutes back. Uh, and they're going to let me build my... Wonderfully, the company I'm going to work for, uh, are allowing me to build uh, my travel time um, into my work day. Um, Fuck, really? That's yeah. pretty- so, so That is really good from them, so it means that I, you know... Because personally, I don't know about other people, personally, I find that if I go away and stay in a hotel somewhere, what I end up doing is uh, you finish at, like, six, or whatever time you finish, um, and then... You go back to your hotel and you have something to eat, and I end up either I thought I, I, I'm thinking I, I can't drink because I'm at work tomorrow and I, you know I'm at a new job, so I end up just watching stuff. and I'll get to like four in the morning, going yeah, I still can't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and so and then I'll end up fucking knackered. So it's cool that they're letting me uh, sort of drive down, and do my my inductions and everything, and then drive back up and then do, do that for the next four days. So that's super super cool. Um, so, yeah looking forward to it and and you're picking up a, the electric car you've, you've bit of the the bullet with that one aren't you
0: all in mate deep deep in all in um yeah no it should be um it should be interesting there are plenty of charging points around we get a charge like you can plug it into a free pin plug at home if you want but we're getting a free home charging kit installed which like enables
1: faster charging um we were chatting about this uh, when we were in Manchester and you were talking about it and we were discussing the the pros and cons of it um, for that or I was kind of asking you questions about how does this work and how does this work and it just seems like for the way that you use for the way you guys use the car it is a no-brainer
0: yeah basically like Dom uses it to get to a photo shoot every now and then I use it to drop Lottie off uh at the in-laws i occasionally drop donna off at work like basically even if we have the heating like round on we'll get 80 miles a week out of it which will get us through a week 80 miles out of it which will get us through a week no problem um and the thing is i mean like if i wanted to the garage that we got it from um they let you use their charging point for free So if I wanted to, and they have a fast charging thing which gives you 80% charge after half an hour, I could genuinely never pay for fuel ever again if I was cheeky enough to continuously go to the garage and ask them if I could use the charging thing.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: You know, and like, um, Ecotricity, the electricity supplier, um, have a bunch of charging points in like motorway service stations and IKEAs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And if you're one of, if you're one of their customers, which I think we're going to be, you get fifty-two free fast charges out of them a year as well. It's one a
1: week, isn't it? Really, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one a week. So that—that's the thing. Like, literally, we could just not pay for fuel.
1: That's amazing because I mean, as well. Yeah, you know, cause, you know, because you, yourself, you don't commute to and, and, and from work. Do you? Yeah, I get the train. Yeah, yeah so, the train. So you know, the, the car is something you use probably every day, but it's not an essential to your everyday. Like, for instance, I did. Um, I do about sort of. Usually, most sort of days in work days, I still do maybe twenty-five to forty miles a day. Um, so that's why I, I, when when we look, it's at, not practical. Yeah, it's, it's not practical, practical. But that's because I and, and I'm going to be my commute is going to be all car. Um, so what is it? But the interesting thing that you said about it, then when you were saying it, that made me go, "That's fucking that's awesome." Is that they actually will loan you a petrol car for fourteen days a year.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's I, I, I double I double checked that yesterday as well. You've got to give them two weeks' notice, but and it's not fourteen consecutive days. You can split them up. Yeah. So if you're doing a longer trip, give them two weeks' notice. They'll and they'll they'll lend you one of their cars. I'm praying it's not one that's got writing all over it. But if it is, it is what it is.
1: It's what it is. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's still better than having to fucking pay for trains and do all that shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, even though, I mean, to be fair, we're barely going to need that, like, just, the amount of charging points at service stations is kind of insane, and considering we'll have Lutty with us when we're travelling the vast majority of the time, we'd probably need to stop for half an hour at some point anyway.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, I I know just from where I am, uh, there are, like, Ten minutes, or five minutes away from me, uh, from where I live. I know there's there's uh, five or six charging points.
0: Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. You know, it's it's it's. I don't know. It's interesting. We we got a hell of a deal out of it. It was basically it, it, it's a brand new car. It's got ten miles on it, just delivery mileage. Um, but it's an older version with a lower capacity battery. So it's like the twenty fifteen version in on a twenty sixteen plate. So the, the list price is usually around twenty five grand and this was thirteen nine nine five. Fucking okay. hell. Yeah, right, just because they wanted to get rid of them. There's not there's nothing funny about it. Literally, there's ten miles on the speedo. Um, you know, it's it's a Nissan dealership, so it's you know there's not going to be anything funky about no, they're, it.
1: There really they're, there's not a lot that sort of dealerships on new cars can do that's a little bit funny. All the cars they can, but new cars they can't really.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. About. So I'm uh, pretty pumped. Got to get my piece of shit car bodywork repaired and sold and whatnot. It was pretty funny. they only they, I, I was interested in part Xing and they offered us two hundred quid.
1: <laughs> that makes you go a little bit like. Well, that that that's basically like like like, like
0: saying, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean like they they were like, Look, it's pretty much a write off, but we'll give that to you to get the business. I was like, Look, don't worry about it. We'll get we'll get the bodywork fixed up. We it's a student area around here. A student will take it off of us as long as we get the bodywork repaired, I reckon. So it's you know, it's it, it it's it's fine. It's,
1: it's fine. More, it's worth the risk, innit?
0: <laughs> so, uh let's do Danny Vienov's arrival. Um which opened pretty strong in the US. 25 million. Yeah, uh, quite,
1: a bit, quite a bit more than they thought th- than they projected. And oh, quite oh, a 20, bit more 20, than they thought it was going to.
0: Yeah, 24 million. They thought it was going to do 15. Yeah, that was it. So, um, yeah, so directed by Danny Villeneuve, uh, stars Amy Adams, uh, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, Michael Stuhlberg. Um, story is all spoilers all the time, but yeah. I suppose we probably won't do that straight away. Yeah. Um, And uh, aliens have come down to Earth. There are 12 ships that are just kind of like almost hanging over random areas of the Earth. Amy Adams plays a a linguistics professor who um, seems to be dealing with some personal shit and uh, is engaged to try and communicate with the aliens. She seems up with uh, Jeremy Renner's uh, uh, theoretical physicist uh, character Ian to uh, basically try and understand what the aliens want and stop the world from trying to kill them. Uh, Mark, what do you think of Arrival?
1: It's very, very good. Um, It's not... It's not perfect. It's not perfect, is it? That's the thing. It's really good, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but... The moment... And we're all spoilers all the time, guys, so it, it, what I'm about to get into and say here is a big spoiler for the film. So if you are wanting to see the film you've not seen it, then please do skip forward like the next 10, 15 minutes at least. Um, when the revelation happens and you go, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, we're, oh, it's that way around. Oh, fuck. And then as things start to unravel, it... it It got me. It really, really fucking got me. I was, I was broken. I was watching, just going, this is fucking horrible. This is, this has actually churned my stomach a little bit, and I felt really fucking uncomfortable. Sat there, just going like that. And I came out, because I didn't see it with with Bex. I saw it, um, and I met Bex for lunch, literally as I came out of it. And I, I know that. You, you were going to watch it possibly on Monday but you and I said to Bex so oh. I, I know he didn't go and see it Monday and she said why is it? because I think he'd be because he'd be a wreck <laughs> by now if he had so it's, it's just fuck I was like that it's they like I say it's not perfect but that emotional punch and that emotional kind of moral kind of um. Decision that the film's got within itself, the character. Um, just make you go, oh shit, that's fucking horrible. I don't, I don't really know what to think about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Um, first film that ever actually made me actually cry. First film ever that actually
1: made me cry. I'll say that. I, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I, I was, I was teared up. Yeah, no,
0: I mean, like, the, I mean, the opening actually had me. I mean, that, the fucking score is. Brilliant. Insane. Like, cause, and I mean, it takes some turns as well. Like, the, if you were to say, like, out of context, play the two bits of music, the opening and ending, yeah. and when they're first encountering the aliens, you would not think they were from the same film at all. And Who yet knows? they both. It perfectly. It's
1: a really clever score by um Johan um, I think did it. Yeah, it's a really clever score by him. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's a score. Whereas some scores feel like a piece of music put to a film, this feels like uh, music written around the film.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, a wonderful um, sense of genre. Like he's being able to be lush and emotional, mm-hmm. but then also gets to properly do the. This is an alien yeah. bomb kind of thing as yeah. well, you know. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean it's great. But I mean, like, yeah, I was uh, I was tearing up in the opening sequence. I, I did not know that backstory was in this film.
1: Yeah,
0: that's I the thing. Either. I, 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 I I've, lately I've been purposefully trying to not read too much about um, films, uh, films going in, um, and yeah, so I didn't know that was coming. And by the end, um, yeah, I mean Jesus fucking Christ. Um, I mean the guy had to be called Ian, didn't he? <laughs> so you're hearing all this fucking dialogue, and it's just I do not know. Like, I mean, just the questions that that poses about Amy Adams' character. Yeah. In because I, mean, I mean, in a way, it's beautiful that she is well she knows. What is going to happen to her daughter and what's going to happen to her relationship with her, uh, with Ian. Um, but then at the same time, she still wants to do it because of all the joy she knows it's going to bring her as well. And I, I just, I can't take that. Yeah. I mean, like, as we've established over the last couple of years, films involving daughters yeah. really, really, really get to me. And this more than, more than any other so, so far since I've become a father. And I, I mean, I'm tearing up thinking about it now, you know, I mean, like, cause the thing is the fact that you never get the, like, the scene between Renner and Adams,
1: which I think is, is brilliant.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it, that is perfect. So all, all everything of Renner and Adams is Renner. Basically becoming besotted with Adams, hmm. all of it, and then Adams increasingly like, like through the film, and then towards the end, just being like, "I, I know where this is going, but I'm going to do it anyway, and I know this is going to hurt him, but it's going to bring us so much joy." I, I it's, I mean, I, I mean, it, uh, Christ! I mean, what the, what would you do? What would you do? Uh, I, I, I I just I I don't know you know and I mean I'm talking about I'm talking about that as my like main point of a film that's about aliens coming down and but that's, that's, that, really... I
1: think that's the beauty of the film it, it's almost like the aliens are kind of almost of a goffin for uh, the rest of the film
0: yeah no absolutely but the, then also I mean the, the the stuff about language and um you know communication and how countries will shield themselves off when they feel that other countries might be acting against them and not communicating i mean jesus christ nocturnal animals is a, a is a film about not communicating um to, i mean to to an extent and um i mean so is this and there's christ there's another as well that i'm thinking of that's uh, recently that's About people not communicating with each other. Oh, uh, fucking a bigger splash, which I talked about last week. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It seems to be a big thing at the moment. People just not sitting down and talking to each other. And it feels very informed of these times. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very powerful film. It just, it, and emotionally it's there, but it just, it doesn't quite. There's just something else... I don't know, maybe you can articulate it, but there's something just slightly missing for me.
1: I think what it is... Uh, I think the, the problem is... It's like I was just saying about the fact that the, the whole alien thing and everything like that, it is... Like I say, it's a little bit of a good fit for the film. And it's, what we're actually getting is a relationship story, but it's hidden within all of this. But there's a little bit of a... Hang on a minute. Uh, okay, yes, that is your strong point of the film, but we spent a lot of time on this alien stuff. But uh, we the the resolution for that just feels a little bit flimsy, not right there. And it's a little yeah. bit like, hang on a minute. So they just when.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like, I I, I do like the idea that it's like, look, we're gonna give you this in 3,000 years time, we're gonna need your help. I mean, that's awesome. You you know, you know there's not gonna be a sequel and it's, you know, it's just gonna be, alright, cool, in 3,000 years, there's gonna be some shit going down. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're they're kinda like, just in the margins, that's brilliant. I think, actually, the fact that they do, yeah, I think you're right, the fact that they spend so much on what appears to be the A plot, but then it becomes the B-plot, when the B-plot is really the A-plot, but they don't... Because of the, the nature of the twistiness, they can't quite make it be so. But, you know, you've got Amy Adams like stealing Stuhlbarg's phone and like calling the the, uh, the, the the Chinese military leader. But you And you know how it's going to play out because he's in the future saying, right, say these words to me. Yeah. You know, and the fact that we now, at that point, we know... The future is okay, so it it does let the air out of the balloon in that in that particular five ten minutes or so because you you know it's you actually know it will be all right.
1: Yeah, because it's the tension that that he's trying to build there. It's like the the whole standoff. You know that nothing's going to happen with the standoff between Stolberg and um, Adams. Stolberg's character was I thought. He was, again, Stolberg, and I always feel, with the exception of a couple of films, he's always criminally underused, because he's so good. And in this as well, he feels like... He's the grey lines between being a good guy and a bad guy, in a similar way as what Forrest Whitaker is, in the fact that he he is a very archetypal uh, Stolberg, a very archetypal sort of CIA character, in the fact that he's not doing anything, and he's kind of... he's. He's almost on Andy Adams' side, but every turn has to stop her, (laughs) and he's a little bit like, "We need to talk to them. You can't talk to them." And say, "We've got to try," and it's almost like he wants to shake her and go, "Oh, do you not think we've fucking tried that?" Yeah, (laughs) it isn't how it works. We're not going to talk to them, and they're not because I'm not willing to share our information as well. So you know. Work with me.
0: <laughs> I mean, and and, and I mean, th- that's the thing. I mean, going back to the world today, if this did happen today, I think I don't know. It would basically be the UN would have a conference. Countries would have a bit of a paddy, and none of them would talk to each other already. Like, I think the the situation proposed in this film is probably more rose-tinted than what would actually happen in real life.
1: But but weirdly, I do think that when they maybe started making this film, like towards the end of last year uh, uh, the film began mid-June 2015, I think that would have been not too far off what would be accurate and it just shows how quickly the world can change. Uh, Uh, I, I mean, fuck man,
0: to be fair, what we kind of do need now is an alien invasion.
1: <laughs> it would, but sadly, I think it would be more starship fucking troopers than it would be a rival. Jesus, you're right, though, aren't you? You're fucking right. <laughs> if we got that, yeah. Um, Adams, continues. Look at these aliens on their mobile phones driving <laughs> trucks, the dangerous pricks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what it would be. Um, yeah, Amy Adams is fantastic again. Uh, Amy Adams is the
0: shit, man. Like, the thing is, the opening, I was just like, I don't want to see anything sad happen to Amy Adams. I just, I'm I'm done with seeing sad things happen to Amy Adams. We have nocturnal animals, where she's trapped in a gilded cage, and she can't get out, and she's miserable, but she's kind of making herself miserable, because she thinks she's been a rotten person, and she kind of has. Yes, she kind of has. But you know, it's it's not. I, I don't know. You're just you just Amy Adams. Just be happy. And then in this first five minutes, your kid's dead. Oh fuck! <laughs> you know, just come on. Just no. Just be happy. And at the end of the film, we kind of get her happy. But She's kind of happy. But do you know what, Amy Adams? In eighteen years, your kid's gonna be dead and Ian's gonna leave you.
1: Yeah, it is. It, it literally is like that. It, it's 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 like a misery double fucking bill. <laughs> I mean, seriously man and and the sequel to Enchanted that she's going to be in what's it called Oh God, Disenchanted Ah, oh, Jesus look how she was in Dawn of Justice and she
0: oh Jesus poor Amy Adams man I mean like thankfully apparently she's like the nicest person in the world in real life and I I just want Amy Adams to be happy if it's on screen if it's in real life I just want Amy Adams to be happy
1: now alright It's it's, it's fantastic, and also, I think when you see Jeremy Renner not in um, not Hawkeye, essentially, it it, it kind of reminds you, because mostly Hawkeye, he's bad at Hawkeye, Hawkeye's bad at anything like that, but it's just, you do get the feeling that he's a little bit Jeremy Renner in that, but then when he turns up in something like this, he, he is kind of... He's a great screen presence to sort of have around. And he, 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 it's amazing how quickly he folds into seeming a little bit, you know, like you say, he's a little bit in awe of her from the beginning. I
0: love how he's utterly deferential to her. I and, love it.
1: And, 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 and straight away, because he, he kind of, he challenges her. And her response to it is, they don't have like an argument. They have like a little playful back and forth. But it's it's already, you already get the feeling like, he, he's picked up the book from her but he's found out he's going to be working with her he's picked up the book started reading it and gone oh I like this person and then she's sat down and yeah. he's gone and he's had that little conversation where he's like she's really fucking smart I like her <laughs> yeah yeah. That's, no, that's-, that's what he's like is just how fucking smart she is and it, it, it is like he's there going well I'm going to do all this but it's not it, 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 I'm. we're not working as a team I'm just working for you Really?
0: <laughs> no, yeah. uh, even even I will say his character, a couple of little beats in the narrative that put me off, there's that bit where he says, have you been having dreams in their language? Yeah. And there was a bit, and like, that's never brought up again. Um, even it's, I mean, it's a clue, obviously, but it, it, it feels like a bit of an artificial red herring, mm. also artificial red herring, Towards the start, Amy Adams is in her home having a conversation with her mum, and like her mum, like, you don't hear her mum, but she says, oh, well, you know, as well as, well as I, I can be, I suppose, or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. a bit, alright, five minutes ago, we saw your kid dying, and now you're saying that. Alright, it's a bit of a, I don't know, it, I, I mean, it's just a bit of a cheat. I, I, you know, but, the thing is also, The fact that her kid died when she was, like, 17, 18 or something, I was thinking, like, Amy Adams must have had that kid young.
1: Yeah, she must have been. But but then with her to be at the level that she's at, she must have been at least sort of mid-30s. So by the end of the film, she's supposed to be, what, 50s?
0: Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because now looking back at it, it's like, yeah, it's
1: not... But then again, Amy Adams is in her early 40s now... Yeah, and I don't okay. think she's going to look that different in eight years' time. So yeah. it's a little bit like that. And Jeremy Renner's a-, a lot older than you think he is, I think, with Jeremy Renner. He's sort of mid-to-late 40s now. Oh, is he really? Yeah, no. 35 he is, yeah. Fair play. So there is there is that element of it. But I get what you mean. But it's, yeah, it's... <sighs> it just be like I mean... top ten of the year, I would think. But just for how much it fucking it got me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of has to for me, really, doesn't it, considering the reaction? Yes. But I wouldn't... Oh, I, uh, fuck. But I wouldn't say it's a 5 out of 5. That's the thing. I'd like more than happy to say a 4.5, but it just... It not... Doesn't quite... Doesn't
1: quite get there for me. It probably just gets there as a 5 out of 5 for me for the fact that I really... I was expecting it to be good... I wasn't expecting it to be good in the ways that it was good.
0: Because I mean, the, the thing is, the reason why it's ma- it made me cry was essentially Ian crying pandering. <laughs> that, like, I, like, and I, you know, the, the strength of the performances is, a, is, you know, is absolutely fine. But the thing is, I'll be honest, if it was a son, I don't think it
1: would have got me as much. Which is fair enough, but it is always that kind of thing. It, it, it's with any film or anything like that. You you, you take in and your reaction to it is, is how you is how you take into it and how you approach it and how it affects you in, in those ways. And so it, it's it's part of why cinema isn't um, isn't quantifiable as this is good and this is bad. It's because everybody views films, although we're viewing the same film, everybody will view them in a different way based on their situation and things like that. It's why it's weird if you can watch a film, um, it, why films that are generally considered to be great films, at a general across the board, uh, it's, it's if you've disliked it when you've watched it, it's best to watch it every kind of 10 years, just to see if you're, the, the life that you're living at, that, at a different point changes your viewpoint on it. Whereas if you've really liked something, it can certainly be best to not go back to it because you might the viewpoint that you've had might end up changing and you might watch it and go, Do you know what? I don't like that film. I liked that film when I watched it when I was 17. And why didn't I just have that? <laughs> can I have that back?
0: It's why I don't watch Sunshine all that often.
1: Yeah, you, you shouldn't, you know. There are certain films, for instance... Um, a great example there yeah, yours film of all time Sunshine uh, and my favourite film of all time is uh, Apocalypse Now and we know that Noel's favourite film of all time is Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. now Shaun of the Dead is a film where I hold it in quite high regard I didn't when I first watched it but I do hold it in quite high regard now and I quite like it now but I don't think if I watched that every once a week for the next year my opinion would change of it's, it because it's a very easy film to watch whereas for instance, if I watched Apocalypse Now once every fucking week for the next year, mm. it would probably take some of the edge away from it for me. And it would probably, probably be the same if you did the same with Sunshine.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Like, my leaving the cinema at the end of Sunshine, I, I will never, ever forget, like, the the high I was on... Um, after that, you know, I, I like that, that will stay with me, but I, I, after the, the aborted book, after the things I found out while searching that book, I'm, I've only seen Sunshine once since, and I'm scared to go back to it again. And that's all I'm going to say. Because of some stuff I was told, which made me not want to write the book because I was worried that it would completely kill my love of the film. I will say that. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat terrified of going back to it. Whereas Alien, which is my second favorite film of all time, I actually go back to that very, very often because it just never gets old. My with, with like alien never gets
1: old. The no, with to use Massacre Fear of the time is First Blood. But I can only watch that on a Friday or a Saturday night after 11 o'clock. Mm. <laughs> I can't watch it any other time. I nice, I like that. Or, or, or on Boxing Day at any time. You're a, oh, you're a funny beast. <laughs> I will take that. Uh, Arrival, definitely not shit. Oh, God, yeah, definitely not shit, uh, yeah. Well, i was voting. 18 uh, votes. Uh, definitely not shit, 89%. Good, good. Um, touching Cloth, 0%. And shit, 11%. Wow, all right. Someone didn't like it. Someone didn't like it. Uh, yeah, which is, you know, these things happen. fair enough. If it didn't connect with you, uh, then it could maybe because you don't like it. Or if it connected with you too much, it could cause you don't like it, I think. Moving on. Yep. What do you want to do next? Oh, well then I'll, I'll, I'm going to let you decide because it's, it's used to huh. doing the ship, so I don't need to. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know, I think maybe after the heaviness of Arrival, True Memoirs of an International Assassin <laughs> might be the way to go.
1: <laughs> Let's go for it then, yeah.
0: Uh, it's directed by uh, Jeff Wadler, stars Kevin James, Adi Garcia, and. Um, Andrew Howard. Uh, oh, God, I wrote the review yesterday and I can't remember the girl's name and I feel awful. Budget, uh, Gal Gadot. Yeah, that,
1: yeah,
0: there you go, yeah. Um, story. Story. Kevin James is... Um, what the fuck's his name? All I can think is Mason Sam. Carver, but that's the character Sam in the book. Sam Larson. Books. Sam Larson, who is an aspiring author who gets himself into trouble when his publisher, wanting to get more sales, um, basically puts out that his book is actually, uh, his his fiction book is actually a non-fiction memoir of an assassin. Um, He has an interview with Katie Couric, it doesn't go very well, and then he finds himself kidnapped by Andy Garcia, who plays El El Toro. El Toro. Toro, I was thinking yes. El Topo, and it's like, it's not Jodorowsky. It's not Jodorowsky,
1: no. Uh, are <laughs> uh, not talking
0: uh, No, my God, no. Um, <laughs> and he basically gets involved in a plot, in, in various plots, to kill the three kings of Caracas. Uh, the three, like, main bad guys in Caracas, um, including the president. So, this is Kevin James in a Netflix original film, which... Is it one of the... Like, the his family signed that signed that deal? Was that for him to start, or was it, like, for it, him to... Actually, no, he didn't produce this he either.
1: Produces, no, no, um, no, I, I think um, at the same time, Kevin James also signed a three-pitcher deal as well.
0: OK, fair enough. So, um, yeah, Kevin, Kevin James is an interesting one, because Paul Bart milcock like, did ridiculously yep. well, and he's just never been able to, like... Capitalize on that on on the big screen,
1: but um, his films made money.
0: Yeah, no, they do, they do. But I mean, like, here comes the boom. Did okay. Paul Blart Mallcop did too. Did okay. But it kind of feels like they they've never really quite quite pushed it out there. And I mean, like, obviously he's big on TV. Like he, he, after King of Queens, I mean, yeah. he, he's got a new show now. I think Kevin can wait which is a great pun. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It just it doesn't quite feel like he, he fits on the big screen. And and for me, this... Compared to something like The Do-Over or The Ridiculous Six, which I actually think did look like they had some money chucked at them, this may be not quite as much. This feels more Kevin James level, whereas those films felt Adam Sandler level. And I think
1: the next one is
0: both of them. OK, well... All right, that'll be interesting. Yeah. No, um, what do
1: you think? I, I didn't dislike it. It felt a little bit overly long and it's an hour and 40 minutes. Mm. It repeats itself an awful lot once, it does. once shit gets real. Um I, I really enjoyed the opening kind 10-15 of minutes um, the, the idea of as he's writing it we're seeing what he's writing um, and then when he gets into a bit of a block where he can't think of what to write the characters that are happening just kind of interact with each other yeah. Um, yeah. it was, was quite a, an amusing kind of little touch uh, in there weirdly enough I thought Kevin James pulled off the action quite well uh, which I didn't think I'd say. You know, he, he looked he looked quite comfortable
0: in it. I, I'm I just didn't... gonna bring this up now. Then did you notice his Tom Cruise run? Yes. <laughs> There's a bit of context. The end of Mission Impossible Three, where Tom Cruise is running like really pelting it to get to Michelle Monaghan. Yeah. There is a sequence, a, a scene in this where he does that for maybe five or six seconds. And I don't think it's supposed to be played for a laugh. It's literally him just doing that. Yeah. And it might be the funniest thing in the film.
1: It might be, yeah. It was it was good. There's yeah, it's it's fun for that. But a little bit like the uh, the do over. It it once it gets once the ball gets rolling, it kind of becomes a little bit repetitive and repeating itself. Um, and does feel a little bit as often does with these type of films, like they've gone... Kevin, uh, wait a minute, it's film. Uh, Can I stop you a second? Yeah. Where do we get to go on holiday? Um, Where do you want to go? Venezuela? Yes. So it's set in Venezuela. Beautiful. Um, And it just goes from there a little bit. It feels a little bit like that. But... Yeah. It's kind of fun. But, yeah, the, the first... 20 minutes, I think, are quite strong for this type of movie. And then the rest of it, I was going, this is all right. Yeah, you know, it's... The thing is, I didn't feel as bad because I'm watching it effectively for free on on Netflix. Whereas, if I was in a cinema, I'd be going, what the fuck is this? I agree. Um... I think it's
0: aggressively average. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: yeah, it is. But I didn't expect any more. <laughs> but that's the thing. I was expecting less. That, yes. So you know that that that's the thing here. Um, like you say, if you'd see, I mean, Christ, if I had been test screening this print in uh, a print of this in the cinema like five, six years ago, i I, it just, I would have just, it would have been kill me. But. I think now I, frankly, film is not as serious a part of my life as it was five years ago. uh, Despite doing this podcast, my uh, outside of the podcast, not nearly as much. And you know, just wanting something to kick back with on a Saturday afternoon, where after a day where I've been looking after Lottie all day, and you know, as fun as that is, is tiring. I was fine with Kevin James, I found him quite charming, I yeah. liked how, like, in over his head and just kind of shitting himself he was about the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like the fact that every time anything bad happened, he decided he needed to go pee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he no, that He was pissing himself.
0: Yeah, no, that was good.
1: <laughs> I did enjoy the fact that there
0: is barely any, if any, Fat Man Fall Down comedy. No, I don't
1: think there's any, to be honest, I don't think. yeah. Which is we like, good.
0: Like Spy last year, you know, you think there's gonna be that. And actually, I think there's probably more of it in Spy than this. Because yep. um, you got that moment with the uh, moped in Spy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I I quite enjoyed Andy Castillo. I liked, I, I, I thought him talking about how he was gonna write beautiful songs about Kevin <laughs> James' character was, uh, uh yeah, um, was was pretty fucking solid. It, it, it's yeah, it's that, like, if he starts
1: singing, shoot him.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. I like the whole, uh, you know, the, the, the choirs will sing praises about you. Yeah, but I'll be dead. <laughs> Yes, but uh, dogs will be, you know, whatever. You know, I mean, it was, it was, you know, that that was a good sequence.
1: Um, I, I, I very much enjoyed Kim Kurtz when uh, he word president. He was absolutely uh, well, spectacular, and, and really, really didn't want to be there. Oh, he was
0: brilliant. <laughs> like, I mean, he was at, like genuinely brilliant. Just. To, like, you're talking about how he hated soccer. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't
1: know. How, how is, do you, how do you know his name's Juan? I don't, I just call him all Juan and like half the time I'm right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I,
0: no, I mean, that, it, I don't know. They're very, very easy laughs, but they're, they're fine. You know, and Christ, at least it didn't have Kevin James get in with the girl in the end. You yeah. know, there, there's more of friendship between the two. There was,
1: there was a good bit of, which, which kind of got sedate a little bit. As, as it was reused throughout the film. But there's a great sort of bit of, of toning down of sexual politics when he takes the uh, lid off the beer and he takes both of them off. Yeah. And she says, yeah. I could do that by myself. And he's like, I've just take a lid off the beer. It's it's, it's, it's no big deal. Yeah. It was a little bit like, at that moment I thought, do you know what, you've got half a fucking star for that. <laughs> you've yeah. got half a star for that, <laughs> which was good. It, do you know what, the the... the it's flimsy as fuck like I if I yeah. saw it in a cinema I'd be pissed off and you work out who the ghost is after about ten minutes after it, after the ghost appears and you think well he's clearly Ron Rifkin's clearly the fucking ghost yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and then when it happens you go yay he is uh, but I, don't think, I don't think that, that you it, the, you're not supposed to kind of almost work that out but it's it's perfectly acceptable for what it is, which is a, a a kind of a kind of little Netflix gift to you of oh here you go you don't have to go to the cinema to watch this Kevin James movie. So it's either look you don't have to suffer the embarrassment of going to watch a Kevin James movie the cinema, or it's you know you're gonna fucking watch it on Netflix anyway, so we'll just give you it a, like six months earlier. Yeah. And and you know what? I will. I will watch an Adam Sandler movie. And if an Adam Sandler movie is on a cinema, I will watch it when it crops up on Netflix. I might claim that I don't want to or anything like that, but I know at one point I'm going to sit down and go, fuck it, I'm going to watch that. And it's 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 why that came up and I thought, oh, I'm going to watch that.
0: I?" (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. It's like Grown Ups is like genuinely offensive to me. Fucking stupid! I watch the sequel. Yeah, no, no, I, I never will. But that is one film.
1: Yeah.
0: The the rest, I, I, you know, they're fine. I mean, that, that, I mean they're not. Some of them are, some of them are bad. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like the Do Over wasn't great, but
1: it was alright.
0: It was, it was fine. Yeah, you know what fine. I mean. That, that's <laughs> yeah, the it, it so thing. The thing is, it,
1: it, with with the, the whole Sandler and Kevin James ones, you know. I, I've... I've seen... um, I've seen Gruntz more than once. Um, Because I watched it once on my own, and then one night I wanted to watch it, and I thought, yeah, fine. Um, And I've seen Just Go With It, the Alan Sandler and Jennifer Aniston movie, three times. Jesus Christ, really? In my heart of hearts, I know that at some point, I'm going to probably watch it again... And, it's, and I wouldn't even go as far as to say that it's more than like a two and a half out of um, five film, but at some point I'll be doing something like, I don't know, I'll need to fucking clean, do, do like a fucking deep clean on my vacuum cleaner and I'll think, I need to put some on. And I'll think, oh, but I've just been watching Sky Sports News for the past hour and a half, and it's just the same shit over and over again. So I end up going through Netflix and going, do you know what, that's easy to fucking digest. Bang, there we go. I uh, see, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so yeah, so that, that'll that end up happening. Very uh, two seconds. To pause just for a second. All right. Sorry, I'm ill Child. <laughs> oh shit, really? Yeah, just she's, 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 she's a little bit, little but oh good. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those things, and that's what these type of movies are. And I think it's why Netflix have gone. Do you know what? The the Adam Sandler movies and the Kevin James movies are always among the most watched. They're not, they're never in the top five, but they're always in the top twenty most watched things on Netflix. So. Why wouldn't they invest in them? They've got to throw their money somewhere. So why throw it at Kevin James and Sandler? And also, Kevin James and Sandler seem savvy enough to go, do you know what? We don't have to now worry about, we're still getting paid pretty much the same as we were, or what is it? And the thing is, we were getting, we were getting a salary and then points on money that we probably weren't going to make because what we were making at the cinema was going down. Now, we don't have to worry about that.
0: That's true, also. Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
1: hello. Hello. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so. Um, yeah, it, it, but the film's alright. Um, if you really. as Listen, if you really don't like the films of these of people, then don't watch it, but you're not going to watch it anywhere. But if you've got any enjoyment out of the. What is it? Or you seem a little bit curious, do you know what? You're probably not going to hate it, but it, it's not going to fucking. It's not gonna be a tour de force or an amazing experience for you. Let's say.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's between touching cloth and definitely not shit. I think definitely not shit. Maybe just about takes it.
1: I think I'm just definitely not shit for um, for Kimkarts. Uh, it is is uh, just utter fucking hate this fucking place <laughs> yeah he might, he might he
0: might have pushed it over actually yeah,
1: yeah that's a good um, shout. yeah so yeah okay. so uh, definite definite ship 33% Touching okay. Cloth 33% and oh fuck me okay Shit 34% so literally when you said that this film was painfully average I think that pretty much backs that up yep sounds like it doesn't
0: it yeah oh that's funny um, <laughs> that's good. Uh, okay, cool. So, uh, let's move it on then. Uh, and, uh, Supersonic, the, uh, authorized Oasis documentary, uh, which is directed by Matt Whitecross and stars, who the fuck do you expect? Um so this is Oasis leading up to Nebworth.
1: Yeah. Which,
0: which is interesting. So, you get the, the rise and barely any of the Mm fall. Yes. I... Which... I suppose they are positioning it as a celebration. God, I want... I want a follow-up. I want Liam and Noel to talk about Be Here Now. Well,
1: that's... That that is it. That is... We'll get into the good bits of what you can take from the, the film there. But... That was my thing by the end of it, was... Um you are a couple younger than me, aren't you, yeah. Um so Oasis at the time they were a, they, you know they were a big band for me. I was a you know, I was a big Oasis fan and it was a big kind of it was a cultural kind of touch point for that for you know, and that's why they they maintained it and they were you know, people I think and like I didn't know Gallagher so I said, you know, that, that people I'm just an interview with him, um and he was saying, Oh, you know, you were like, you know, there was like the hype behind you and the, the publicity behind you and everything like that. You know, it, it was like what we see for um, people like One Direction and Justin Bieber now. And he sort of went, No, it, it, it wasn't. It was take that and times it by a hundred, and that is what you got for it. And it, it kind of was like that. I remember. For, you know, jumping a bit forward um, to, to when BNL was released, um, that was on the front page of every single newspaper that BNL was being released that day. Mm. The front page of every newspaper, it was, you know, they were talking about the queues outside of um, anywhere that sold CDs. You know, I, I went to, at a time, um, Supermarket opened 24-7. Um, the local Asda to us, uh, which was the closest place I could get it, opened at 7am. Um, and I was sat outside Asda at half past six in the morning, in the school holidays, waiting to get in, into Asda to buy here now. And um, there was about seven or eight of us, and the people at Asda actually came out and brought out coffees and bacon sandwiches. Nice. For us. Um, and it was only when I... and, 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 and I, I promise you this gonna sound fucking really tragic. But the minute I opened it, I, I was the second person in York. Cause it was the first store that opened to, 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 that was selling it. I was the second person in York to buy that album. Cause one fucking guy got there before me. Because he literally, as the doors open, he ran. And in my brain I thought too far. That's a step fucking too far. <laughs> <laughs> That's a step too far. Do you know what wasn't a step too far in my brain? The minute they gave me it, and the minute I got on Mazda, taking it out of the case and putting it in a Discman and listening to it walking fucking home, yeah. wasn't a step too far. And it was at that point when I put it in and started playing it that I thought, oh, this is a little bit sad, actually. <laughs> and so I didn't play it, I thought. And the reason why I didn't play it was not because it was sad, but because I thought, I don't want my first listen to it to be on this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that was it. But the problem is, the more interesting stuff from Oasis happened after it. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, exactly. I mean, Jesus. I mean, I re really listened to Be Here Now last week, and even the from the first track, where there's like... A minute, minute and a half of build up before there's even any fucking vocals. Should, should, and it ju- it's so busy. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. There's just, they, they, there's just stuff constantly going on in that fucking album. It just doesn't ever stop. But it almost feels like a shark, like if it stops, it's just gonna die.
1: Well, the, not like I say, is that the, the, the that BML should be listened to once, whilst drunk and on cocaine, and then never listened to again. Because he said, at that that moment, it makes sense. The problem is, that was how we were when uh, it, when he and uh, Owen Morris mixed it. That was how they mixed it. He said, it. He said I promise you, Every mix and every track that went on the album, when we listened to it, sounded fantastic. It's just that we were spectacularly wrong. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, but I mean, I, I, I mean, going back to Supersonic, I suppose. Though, I mean, it's interesting that you've got that early footage and yeah. what's one of the first songs that they, they like Noel Gallagher world. does all
1: around the world. I mean, what the fuck? It is, I and mean, it's, it's, it, it's mad, I mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy in the fact that it's like he says in the documentary you know it was we've been dicking about and then he came in and played Live Forever and Live Forever is a fantastic song you know there's no way from it it's, a, it's an amazing song and I think it would be weird for this band who are essentially saying to each other we're going to be the biggest band in the fucking world well no band you know very few bands at that age and that were that type of band aren't telling each other they're going to be the biggest band in the fucking world because that's why you get into a band, normally, at that age, is to be fucking huge. Um, and so they're there, screaming at each other, and then the guy who sits down and plays Live Forever, must be been moment them where they went, oh, shit, we could actually be a proper band, because that's good. And then that trickle effect of him just going, well, now I've got this, and now I've got this, and now I've got this. And we to the first two albums songs, they're spectacularly consistent. No, I mean, God, I mean,
0: the, the, the triple threat of Roll With It, Wonderwall, and Don't Look Back in Anger, like, I, I just... For me, it, it, it's that's one of the, the best three songs in a row on, on any album of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Don't Look Back in Anger probably is in my top ten favourite songs songs ever. Like, I that fucking song, I just... I, I i think the, the construction of it is fucking incredible it is. And, I, and just the fact that that was i don't know it's their second album and noel gallagher's writing stuff like that i you know but i mean but then i mean it's an interesting focal point in the uh, in, in in the uh in the documentary as well because it's like you notice know, in the video because straight after i watched supersonic i watched the video for don't look back in anger and it is interesting how it, it, Liam Gallagher just kind of pops up. He, he's, he's just wandering
1: around in the
0: background. He, yeah, he's just mooching about. He's in that car. He's just in that garden. And, you know, it's all Noel. And then in the documentary, you've got that whole kind of like Noel deciding to take more and more of the the, the, the singing on. Yeah. Um. And, you know, it was, was it because Liam's voice was getting fucked? Or was it because Noel actually just wanted the limelight more i mean kind of who's to the say and there's some interesting shit there but i, I mean when i say i want to, i want more of the be here now stuff not because it's like the juicy gossip or whatever it's just because i want a, I, I want footage of
1: them recording be here now well because the be here now thing um recording of be here now was really strange because it was recorded they recorded in three different places over months and the first two the sessions were kind of thrown out. And then no, we literally we spent months recording everything, and it was all shit. And then all of a sudden, I uh, think they recorded it in... Wish, they recorded it in and Abbey Road, and that didn't work. Then they recorded it in, in another studio, I can't remember which one it was. Um, and it didn't work again. And he said that, and the whole album was kind of recorded in like two or three days. Uh, but it's, it's interesting in the fact that even as early as like... Um, what's the story of Morning Glory? You're having no say you know, you're having Leo Gallagher saying you know what we do is um, I lay down my vocals and then um, you know Bono did do his guitar bits and everything like that and then we'd all just fuck off to the pub while fucking Potato did all of his um, guitar bits because I'm not yeah. you know, I'm, a singer, I'm not going to sit around while he dicks about with his guitar and it's kind of like it, it does feel I mean, the documentary almost kind of says it um, where there was a point where it, it ended up becoming... Noel's band. And it was the rest of the band against Noel. And then now when you look at it now... You know, if you ever see interviews... It's Noel gets interviewed... Or Liam gets interviewed and Bonehead sat next to him. Yeah, it, it, It's that kind of thing. But Bonehead is still friends with Noel. But it's just... It, he's kind of like... You can tell that he's built a more a relationship with Liam... Because Noel was off doing the musical stuff and they were just off drinking and fucking taking crystal meth
0: <laughs> got yeah I've got that story of the what the LA gig yeah where before they were doing coke and they were actually doing crystal Man. yeah I, I don't know it, like, it, like genuinely it's just a, a story you would not get now
1: yeah it is but there's also there's a weird kind of thing where because they've, they've, they've both been interviewed it's both essentially it's it's almost like curated by Noel and Liam. But yeah. th- you know the fact that it's not curated by them sat next to each other.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Th- they're interviewed at different times. And you still get the feeling that. Because that they're not just bandmates, they're, they're brothers. And, you know, Noel's is the thing. You know, the, the thing about Oasis that made it Oasis, that made us as big as we were, was the relationship between me and Liam. But it was also the thing that fucking destroyed the band. Um... And you get the feeling that 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 they still they still have a brotherly love for each other, but it, they, they no longer fucking speak. But Noel still seems to talk about him like he's his little brother. Yeah. And Liam still talks about him like he's his older brother he thinks is a dick. <laughs> but there's still a there's almost a playfulness to it. it it's a really strange dynamic. Like they've fallen out, but neither of them want to be fallen out anymore. But it's just neither of them is going to be the guy to go. Or the other thing, like Noel occasionally is like has, has, has run up and gone, "Should we end this?" And he's gone. Now nah, fuck you. <laughs> Are we getting yeah. back together? No. Then fuck off. We'll end it when you get this band back together. It, it yeah. feels like that, but it is the thing. Is it's it, it felt a little bit like. You weren't really finding out that much new, but it was enjoyable watching all this footage. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. I mean, the, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I learned some new stuff, but I'm, I'm just not as into music as, as you are generally, in fairness. You know, um, I, it's, um, I don't know, I just thought it was very entertaining. I mean, it, it is kind of painful the way that Liam and Noel seem to, to talk to it, talk about each other like that, but I bet you if you got them in the same room, it would probably sound very nasty. Mm. And like, the, I think it's interesting that they do end it with Nebworth and the whole kind of like it kind of felt like this was the end of something, not the be- like now like this was the end of something, not the beginning of something. And um, I, I get, I, I absolutely get the point of this that it, it that it is supposed it's supposed to be a celebration and it is supposed to be. Like I, I very fair even handedly saying they're both kind of dickheads.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: you know, and I I mean Liam seems to own it in fairness. I mean like Noel does seem like slightly more right, like, not not regretting but being like, right, yeah, I know I know I was a dick and I'm sorry about that. Whereas Liam's just like, yeah, I'd still do that now. Yeah.
1: Hey, you know, you like I, the, you get the feeling like like, no regrets bits, but misses has been in that band dynamic but accepts the fact that he doesn't want it anymore. Whereas you get the thing that, that Liam only ever wanted to be a rock star and misses is no longer being a proper rock star. Like, mm-hmm. if they went back on tour now, the reason why Noel would do it is because Noel looks at it and goes, I'm nearly 50 years old. If I go on tour now, I want it to be on first class fucking and he, he knows that if a waste came back and they did a world tour, it'd sell out across the world. It probably would. And it, but he'd be like, Do you know what? I wanna do it like the kind of Stones do it. Uh, where, you know, it's all private jets and it's all nice and I can go you know, I can go, I can play the music, I can have a beer with um backstage and then I can fuck off back to my hotel suite, get him up get on the, the the jet we've got and go over and I, I I can be in control of my own environment. Whereas, you get the feeling that Liam goes, I want to go on tour so that I can fuck groupies and I can take as many fucking drugs as I did back when I was my tw- early 20s. I don't give a shit how old I am. I want that back.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Uh, just like the little side stories about like the, the people who kind of like come in and out of the band. And that, that one guy, I can't remember his name, but he was like a mod. And <laughs> yes. like like a week into the American tour, he's just like, I can't do this anymore. I miss my girlfriend. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. like, the, the, like the Liam's reactions to that. I mean, it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. There's also some really nice little affectionate bits, like the. Milk I think you mentioned it uh, in the saying. You know, I hate leaving everything like that. But a day goes by that I wish I could rock a parking like that now
0: Oh my god! Yeah, no, that is a great line. Yeah,
1: and it, it, it's true because. It's, it, it, he is, a, Leo Gallagher is a colossal prick, and he is, but he is strangely, um, he's very charismatic with it, but he's he, he's strangely kind of cute with it. Like, mm. you don't quite know if he's just fucking joking, or he's aware of his ridiculousness. Yeah and it's, it, it, it's, it's fantastic I mean you know it, that isn't it's a very strong documentary cause it, it, it it doesn't portray them anything like uh, anything away from what they actually are it doesn't try and glorify them into being anything they're not they are like that you know and if you see them in interviews they are like that Liam Gallagher he's still he's still a, a, an arrogant prick but it's kind of like he's an arrogant prick but he also was the frontman of one of the biggest bands of all time. You know, it, it, it's it's weird. The, 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 he kind of has the statistics to kind of back it up in a way. It's not like when you get somebody who's in a a, a mark band says, "Well, I'm one of the best frontmen in the world." No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not. But he could make he he's he's not on the best front in the world, Liam Gallico, but, he could make a very strong argument for why he should be considered it, and you wouldn't be able to disagree, because he could go, one of the biggest fans of all time. And yeah. you alright, fuck it, yeah, you are. <laughs> it's a good no, watch. absolutely. It's a good oh, watch. No, it's a great watch, yeah. It's a great watch, but... Um, if I'd have paid 15 quid for it on Blu-ray I'd have been a little bit like I did not really learn anything new here I had fun watching it but they should have been a teller yeah that's fair yeah. that's fair
0: uh, um, it's definitely
1: not shit though definitely not shit yeah for sure yeah. Um,
0: so I'm thinking maybe
1: well, I, I, well, oh. we'll just say, uh, it was Forty-five percent oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, definitely not shit, twenty-seven percent touching cloth, and twenty-eight percent shit, which I always get the feeling is a little bit like, are people judging that based on the film or the band? Yeah, that's that's kind of surprising, but yeah, because uh, yeah, maybe. Oasis, we not we're not everybody's cup of tea. No, indeed. But I guarantee you, every single person who says they dislike Oasis has. Still, closet listened to What's the Story of Morning Glory and enjoyed the shit out of it. I think that's fair. Yeah, because it's a really strong album. It's a fucking great album. Uh, so get a beer in over, get a beer in at a party and put on Champagne Supernova, and, and there's no fucking way they're sitting there going, "No, there's some shit." That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs>
0: I did not know Birth of a Nation is now coming out over here before January.
1: Is it? That film, yeah, of that, that December. So, that film seems to so kind of suffered a little bit of the early hype and um, let's say Trey Parker's rather chicken past. Of Nate Parker. <laughs> Nate Parker. Trey Parker's the <laughs> South, South, Park South Park guy, isn't he? Yes. Uh, yeah.
0: No, I am, um, yeah, I, I don't know, I think maybe it's getting it out of the January-February corridor where, like, all the films that are actually going to win awards are, are got to be released this year and I am moving downstairs because I need a wee-wee, <laughs> so I'm, uh... Are you ready? Oh. ready? Uh, who's ready for what? Oh, is she having a bath? Oh, uh, anyway, sorry, Mark. Um, so... I'm thinking maybe we and leave that, what, what, uh, what we watched really told... in the stairs then. Well, Birth of a Nation, yeah, it came out in October. I
1: and mean, it it didn't do great numbers, did it?
0: I'm literally going to go through a wee right now. What you hear is my toilet seat, so I'm just going to mute the mic for a second.
1: Cool. Yeah, uh, Birth of a Nation, yeah. I, 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 I didn't even know it had come out. I, thought, I just assumed it would come out... Around the sort of January, well December January time, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it did 15 million, which is a surprise for the amount of kind of early early hype that got, and and, and also as well um, the the fact that it is supposed to be a very strong mover. Um, it is a little bit yeah strange. It just seems to have lost a little bit of its momentum. I think that it had, but I'm still very much looking forward to it because it's really a a good, but then uh, you know like it, it, it got caught up a little bit. I think, didn't it? I'm gonna wait. Oh, me, I do. You know, I keep talking, but it got caught up in a little bit of the um, controversy. Outside controversy. I don't know whether he's, he's muting his mic or he's disappeared. Yeah. There he's bad. It, it bombed in the US after all that
0: stuff with Nate Parker, and it. it, it yeah. There's um the. That that film Moonlight, which seems to be getting quite a lot of buzz, I think, has taken the um, black centric film made by filmmakers who haven't been accused of that stuff yes. uh, mantle. So I, I think it they've managed to um, hush it out the door as such. So uh, now we get it before the end of the year. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm still. I mean, apparently it's powerful. So yeah, yeah
1: that's treat. it. And you know, we'll we'll wait we'll and see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Um, so I'm thinking maybe leave what we watched until next week.
1: Yes, yeah, we can do that because you know I've got some stuff that you know that I could talk about. Uh, absolutely. So we'll, we'll 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 maybe save it for next week.
0: Yeah, just um, like I'm mindful of my being a dad clock. Um, so no emails. Um, any Twitter questions? We do actually. Yeah, uh,
1: which is quite quite good that we didn't do the what is it because it it, it it links in with. Um, the Supersonic chat we should have it. Um, it's from Rick Kidd, uh, at Rick J Kidd uh, we've had Beatles and Oasis documentaries in recent months what band would you like to see a documentary on next uh,
0: da, 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 da. so I mean obviously avoiding the usual suspects because they
1: would have had a documentary um, that's easy because you know Pearl Jam have already had a documentary and I would have probably chosen Pearl Jam but um, because there's, there's what band do I think we will get a documentary on next and what band would I like to see a documentary on next I'd like to mm-hmm. see a, a proper Guns N' Roses one oh that would be fun because I think that would be quite interesting because there again in a similar vein to, to what you had with Oasis Guns N' Roses exploded and were you know for a, a number of years the biggest band on the planet again um, I think it isn't long before we get a, a Libertines one Yes. Um, and that will be both interesting and boring at exactly the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean there. Um, I don't know, it's, the, the thing is, I mean, I wonder how much Pete Doherty actually has beyond what you read in the press, but I think Karl Barat's probably got quite a bit to him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I wouldn't mind the Strokes just because it would be a nice summation of the rise of the 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 bands of the of the North early mm. noughties and the, and and the like guitar led
1: and, and, the, and their kind of thing is is quite interesting in terms of um, the fact that they're they were one of the first kind of bands that were. Uh, Around that came often rock bands, big rock bands, come from a certain environment, we'll say, and they did. They're all uh, you know, they're L.A. rich boys. um, That kind of that were given a lot of help, but then still managed to create some really you know great music. You know, it, it it was that kind of weird kind of position of the fact is that even if they were shit, they'd have still had that album, would have still come out, with have still got other publicity, but it wasn't. It was a really, really good album. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, really, really interesting. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, another one I thought of then, and it's completely blown out of um, mind. Yeah, I'd say Guns would be a, a really interesting one, um, just for the, the amount of craziness that went on uh, with that. Um... Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of, like, the usual suspects, like, you see, and Beagles and Rolling Stones have all had them. Um, oh. They'll come back to me probably like, after we finish recording, mate, right? but... Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Shit. they probably nowhere near, is it? I mean, it will come back to me and I'll go, yeah, it's not an interesting. I thought it was that. Uh, so, yeah, but that was our only question that we had, yeah. Okay. All
0: right, cool. So, um, next week, um... I'm going to take it easy on you. How about the Paul Schrader one, Dog Eat Dog?
1: What else is out?
0: Fantastic Beasts somewhere to Find Them.
1: Yes, do Dog Eat Dog.
0: <laughs> so uh, I'll probably talk about Fantastic Beasts next week. Buy that a five in the Guardian today. Oh, that's so. a surprise. Oh, yesterday, so, yeah. yeah.
1: It was, let's face that, it, that film was
0: never not going to get that, was it? Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But, um, well, I'll, I'll talk about it then. Um, but yeah, we'll, so we'll do the, uh, the Nick Cage Paul Schrader joint dog eat dog. Um, I think Willem Defoe as well, if I remember correctly. So, he uh, It probably will be if it's a Paul Schrader movie. <laughs> pretty, pretty bloody solid. Um, so, that will do it. Thank you very much for listening. Yep. At uh, Ian Loring, at DudeFoz, at DudeInTheMonkey. DudeInTheMonkey at gmail.com, send us some emails. Yep.
1: And, uh, we out? We are, we are out, yes. Uh, thank you much for listening guys, and uh, we shall see you, uh, next week, where who knows how many reviews we'll have.
0: <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> Between now and then. God, who knows? Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. That'll do it. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.